All right, we did it. So welcome to the AmeriCorps Connections, um, another podcast here um, where we catch up with AmeriCorps alumni to reflect on their service term and learn about what they're up to now. I'm Nikki Fiaco, an AmeriCorps alumni from the state and national program where I served through Volunteer Maryland. Um, I'm motivated to do this podcast because I know the transformation that my service year provided me, and it wasn't only necessarily through the work I did, but it was through the networking and connections that have made me continue to um, grow in my service, my professional and, and personal life as well. So each week I get to have conversations with um, AmeriCorps alum who have served a term or two or three or four or five. I don't even know how many <laughs> service terms everybody could serve, but it's very, uh, very exciting to sit down with everyone. Um, and I get to just listen to their experiences and um, get to know what they did and, and what they're up to now. Um, and finally, it's my hope through these conversations that we as alumni start to really in, in connect with each other, encourage others to serve, and also support those members who are currently serving around us um, or virtually. Who knows what I might have up my sleeve at some point? <laughs> We're just going with the flow right now. Um, but anyways, I would also love to have regional meetups or pop-up service projects and, and connect us in person as we can throughout um, throughout our country. And um, in our territories, I'm all down for going to Puerto Rico when it's the chilly time on the East Coast. <laughs> um, so this is a very cool moment for this month of April. We are celebrating Earth Month which um, in my perspective should be celebrated every single moment of every single day <laughs> because it is the, the globe that we live on. Um, but this month we are highlighting AmeriCorps members who have served in environmental programs and in some way may still be serving in that field. Um, and it is my hopes through their stories of service and the current work that they're doing um, that'll inspire us all to just take a minute and look around and embrace the beautiful planet that we do live on. And if you are so called to take some inspired action, I encourage you to do what feels right to, uh, to you um, to address some of the pressing issues that we do have um, at our time. But that's all I'll say about that. And with no further ado, I'm really excited to have Samantha McCann with us, um, who served. I'm going to let you go through your whole service year because I get <laughs> all discombobulated because there are so many streams of service. But um, I have in my notes that you served at Montana Conservation Corps. That was just one of your placements. And then you mm -hmm. had a few other placements. And you're now located in South Carolina in Charleston. And folks, I just want to share with you that Samantha was referred to me um, by Christina Flores, who was one of my very first interviews um, when I, well, I'm still very green, but um, that was a couple episodes ago. I think it was like four or five um, and she comes to us through new, new politics. And so I'm very excited to share this platform with Samantha and learn all of the things that you have done. Um, during your service year and what you're up to now. So go ahead and take it away. And as you know, I will probably interrupt when you pull a thread that I want to pull more on. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Nikki. I am so excited to be here. My AmeriCorps terms meant so much to me. So I'm excited to kind of walk through them and explain what I learned from each one. 
Yes. And we're excited to hear about every single opportunity, which for those folks who might be looking for an opportunity, these things might be out there for you um, and currently explore. Yeah. So I found a mayor for, you know, through word of mouth. I was attending Missouri State University. I'm from Chicago originally. And so I went to Missouri State to study wildlife conservation and management. And near the end of my you know, college career, I was very aware that I was a city girl who had never really gone camping. Um, but I knew that if I wanted to work and have a career that nature seemed like a worthwhile thing to dedicate you know, my time to. I had a, a forestry teacher who recommended the Student Conservation Association to us. And that's kind of the slippery slope of how I found AmeriCorps, found the, you know, AmeriCorps.gov and all the listings. And I applied. I knew I had to get experience. And Montana Conservation Corps was the first program that I signed up for. And so I think I like graduated on a Friday. I flew out to Montana on Sunday and I started with the Corps on Monday. (laughs) Talk about jumping into it. Just. Just, all right, let's go. Yeah, and I needed to because I was working on campus. I was graduating. My lease was ending. So I was like, where should I go? And Montana was the first to scoop me up. (laughs) Wow. Wow. What were your first impressions? It was just so different. Um, I served out of Billings, Montana, and it's more of a, you know, a city feel compared to a lot of Montana. But my position was just so interesting because, you know, we did um, about eight to 10 day projects where we would be on the road and then we would come back to Billings for, you know, a few days off. Mm. And so I got to travel to Eastern Montana and North Dakota and South Dakota and Wyoming. So like each place I went, I was getting like a whole new, like, okay, checking this stuff out. And you know, it's just such a unique experience and I just had walls down and, you know, it's just mm-hmm. there to experience and learn. That's great. I think that um, just saying you went, you went there walls down is so important. Like, you know, just taking it all in and, um, and just, yeah, just experiencing everything without any necessarily like preconceived notions or experiences or heck no, I'm not going to do this or whatever. You know, it's like, it's such a good perspective to take. Good for you. Thank you. (laughs) I was like, where else do I have to go? Might as well just throw myself into this. Um, You know, I love meeting people and the most, the number one thing I learned from that position was how many different um, organizations are out there when it comes to conservation work because how the program worked is that we did a different project with a different project partner each couple weeks so Mm -hmm. one week I would be working with the National Park Service the next week I had a project with World Wildlife Fund and then Bureau of Land Management so really getting that inside perspective on how those agencies operate was and meeting people that worked for those agencies was definitely one of the best experiences for me. Yeah. And you had mentioned before we started recording about just suggesting that people like really pay attention to the organization. And this goes like outside of even environmental stuff, but if you're serving, um, 
you know, just paying attention of who the players are and keeping track of, of what their roles are and where it makes sense for them to um, come into a project or something, because that just helps build your, your social capital as you move on and move up and move over and, you know, change careers and whatnot. And it's great networking. You know, I did stay in contact with multiple project partners after my term. Yeah. So that was um, that was the Student Conservation Association. Um, and then you had another service term, right? Yeah. So that was Montana Conservation Corps. Montana. And SCA was just kind of how I, I found the whole world of <laughs> AmeriCorps. But I did actually end up serving with the Student Conservation Association for my second term. So okay. after Montana, I headed to Northwest Indiana. And I, instead of working with multiple project partners, I knew that I wanted to work on one site and just really learn, you know, throughout mm -hmm. the whole year, what these land stewards are doing on the property. And the best thing about it was that there was about like four or five staff assigned to that 8,000 acre prairie. And so I got to talk to them every day and get to know why they were telling us to do what we were being told to do and mm -hmm. what the restoration goals were. And it was just such a great learning opportunity. And it was great to learn it in that hands-on um, regard. Yeah. And that's what a net, that's what a service year can provide. You know, we study stuff in, in school or, and we get the theory, but um, having a service year where you get to actually have the opportunity to do the hands-on work and do the projects and speak to what worked and what didn't work and then how you solved problems along the way, you know, or how something developed into something else. So that's, that's just so important to, to just note. Yeah. <laughs> or, or somebody says double click on that idea. <laughs> which I don't know if I like that or not, but yeah. And, you know, as I like explain these AmeriCorps term, like, terms I had, I want to like say to the audience that I, if you had asked me years before, if I would be working in a prairie or chainsawing or doing prescribed burns, I wouldn't have thought I would be at doing that. But it was in Indiana that I really built on those skills and gained those skills. I was doing way more chainsaw work. I was doing prescribed burns. I got qualified through the Nature Conservancy. Um, and that was just a really unique experience. And I didn't do fire for my whole career, you know, but being able to gain that skill set and learn that I was capable and able to expand my comfort zone was yeah. a good feeling. So a couple of um, uh, AmeriCorps alum have mentioned um, prescribed burns. Now I know what they are because I participated in that as well <laughs> in Soldier's Delight in Maryland. But for those that don't know what that means, could you briefly just give a, a brief hit at like, what is a prescribed burn and, and what does it do for our environment? Yeah. So historically our landscape, each part of the United States would have burned naturally at different intervals. And so scientists are able to look at different ecosystems and decide like, okay, a wildfire would have come through this area every so many years. And so what they do, because that just doesn't happen as often anymore with um, our landscape, they will set the land on fire on purpose. There's a lot of trainings and qualifications people need to do it. 
but it's kind of that natural disturbance that really helps biodiversity and plant life thrive. They're used to those conditions, so they respond well when they undergo it. Yeah. And just for those folks that are might be listening from California, <laughs> we're not <laughs> talking about the crazy wildfires, right? Like those are just insane things that are happening again to go back to what I said at the beginning. If you're so inclined to do things <laughs> to support where we are right now uh, with our um, with our climate, um, please do so. But these are controlled burns that are isolated and um, and and they do nourish the land. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, thank you for that. Um, of course. And then what, what was next? <laughs> this is like <laughs> always a meandering journey. Yeah. And, and so I really, for my AmeriCorps terms, I wanted to make sure that each t- term I did, I was learning a new skill set and adding, you know, and so for my, ne- my third and last AmeriCorps term, I decided that I wanted to do something, um, really focus, you know, I had got a lot of, I knew a little bit about a lot, <laughs> but I wanted to really dig in on a certain skill set. And so I went to Texas and I served with Texas Conservation Corps and I was this um, trail crew leader. So the state parks had a dedicated AmeriCorps trail crew and I got to lead a crew of eight individuals through trail projects at Texas State Parks. <laughs> That's so cool. Wait, where in Texas? I was based in Austin, but we traveled okay. throughout the state. Because I just spoke to, um, see, I'm forgetting everybody's names. Um, <laughs> I just spoke with Dana um, and she did Conservation core. I can't remember if she did NCCC in San Antonio. So see, I'm telling you what's going to start happening with these podcasts is y'all are going to be like, holy mackerel, we serve together, you know, or whatever. (laughs) We served in the same spot. Um, So that's really interesting. Okay, cool. So now you're in um, uh, Austin, Austin area. And, you know, my... It was just such a great, I keep saying it, it was a great experience because it was, you know, I can't replicate those experiences today if I wanted to. And the project I kind of wanted to talk, you know, mention was in Davis Mountains, which is a far west Texas. Um, and we had worked on a three year trail project. So we were the third and final year of a new trail being constructed at Davis Mountain State Park. And it just felt so good to be part of a multi-crew, you know, project um, and to finish it. And for that, I was going to say, particularly to be the one that finishes it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, And for those projects, we camped at the top of this mountain for 10 days at a time. So the state park rangers would truck us up there. We'd have a big reservoir of water in the back of a pickup truck. And like, we were just out there you know, no bathrooms, no anything um, for 10 days. And we did that for five projects in a row. And it was just the most wonderful, unique experience I could ever have. Yeah. And like you said, like replicating it now, um, because you, 
you probably didn't really know what you were getting into. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, so this is what we're going to do, folks. We're going to bring you to the top of the mountain and we're going to leave you up there for 10 days and we'll be back, (laughs) you know, good luck. You know, I'm sure it wasn't like that at all, but, um, but that is so exciting. What is something that maybe during that trip that either like you were just so awe-inspired? Because I can imagine like what sunrises must have sounded like, um, you know, and just because I've I've camped, I've been outside and it's just a different feeling when you wake up and there's like just a piece of nylon in between everything else that's happening in the world. Do you have any memories where you're just like, just really blew your mind? I think it was really just the crew camaraderie, you know, just being Mm. with the same like nine people for days at a time. And we wouldn't see anyone like we wouldn't see a hiker or a ranger. And you just get to know each other so intimately. And so hanging out at camp and just Mm. chit chatting like it's it's so good. It really like filled your soul just being in that setting with people that were enjoying that unique experience with you. It was really magical. (laughs) And that's a great reminder too, how like we can go to isolated places together in community to just hang out with each other, you know, and enjoy each other's, I guess, humanity, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) So that's so exciting. And there's a fun story, you know, like being a leader is is challenging, especially in that, you know, telling these, folks who are adults that like, yes, we're going to dig a trail for eight hours a day and make sure to drink water. And did you have enough salt today? And, Mm. you know, it can, it's just a lot caring for people. And there was one moment where I really like give myself a pat on the back for doing this um, with my co-leader. We just saw that everyone was getting burnt out. They were really tired. And so we made the decision and we were going to surprise our crew that um, midday, my co-leader was going to go to the top of the mountain, (laughs) get our van, and then like meet us down the road because we were approaching where the trail intersected with this road. And so he comes bouncing down this mountain road, you know, you could hear the squeaky van from a Mm -hmm. mile away. And I was like, all right, we're ending the day and we're going into town. And so we all loaded up they couldn't believe it. We went and got ice cream. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And then we went to the dog shelter and hung out with dogs. Nicely done. Nicely done. Nothing like an ice cream and a canine to make you feel back to like reality sort of, oh my gosh, that's so nice. And I can just tell you like ice cream can cure just about everything. I had a, um, a crew um, of middle schoolers who worked in a local park and they were building a, a sensory trail. So, you know, we, we were, they were clearing the path, make sure there were no roots. So people that had um, just eyesight issues wouldn't trip on anything. And it was a really hot day. And I showed up with Rita's ice and they were just like so happy and excited <laughs> about that. And they had no idea. Um, and so, yes, for, for those folks out there that want to motivate your crews, whether they're digging trails or, um, I don't know, editing websites, ice cream <laughs> is secure. <laughs> oh, snacks are a plus. Yep. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. No, it was really, it was really wonderful. And I am so grateful to have served those um, three terms. And 
you know, I got so hooked on AmeriCorps, I ended up coming back, you know, months later and being a staff person at that program for a few years. That's amazing. And the pro, and that was uh, not the, that, which one was that? That was Texas. So what ended up happening, you know, my second term was with the nature, you know, Student Conservation Association, but I was at a Nature Conservancy site for my whole term. And so after, you know, my third AmeriCorps term, I was looking at the Nature Conservancy because I, I just loved, you know, meeting staff there and what their objectives were. And so I ended up doing two seasonal fire positions in North Carolina. So they were hourly, they weren't AmeriCorps. But at that point, I was five five seasons under my belt. And so I really wanted a permanent position. And that's what AmeriCorps is great for too. Those staff positions at AmeriCorps programs are great entry level you know, positions. And so I went to be a recruitment outreach coordinator, stepped away from hands-on conservation, mm-hmm. did a little bit more of the outreach stuff. And I just gained a wonderful skill set of being able to write and communicate and do social media posts. And it was just really fun. And so, you know, if you're tempted to go on staff for an AmeriCorps program, I recommend it so much. It's a great community, a great learning experience. And those three years got me my current job and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. So um, real fast, just touching on um, going from being an AmeriCorps member to um, the more behind the scenes. What I, I 100% agree with you because when you're talking to or recruiting new AmeriCorps members for that program, you can speak directly to the service and you can also speak directly to two, three, four, five years down the road of like, this is, if you use the service right and you use the network right and not right isn't good or wrong, right or wrong, but just strategically, um, it can help you down the road. And like, that's one of the things I'm always so excited to say is that like in 2012, I was an AmeriCorps member. So when I was the executive director for Governor Hogan's administration of service and volunteerism, and I spoke to the AmeriCorps members, I could tell them like, I was you 10 years ago, like, and by leveraging this network and leveraging my you know, my community and, and the work that I did as an AmeriCorps member, you know, the sky's the limit and it it doesn't necessarily need to be, we all need to be in leadership positions, but we all should be engaged in getting other people involved in, in some sort of service, even if it's just volunteering or, or, you know, whatever it might be. So moving from that hands-on to the behind the scenes to like motivate and bring people forward. It's like, it's just, I, I just feel like it's like the right next move on the chessboard. <laughs> of life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned Christina Flores earlier. That's how I met Christina is Central Texas had an AmeriCorps collaborative. And so she was working at, oh gosh, I'm going to blank on the name. Um, Literacy First. Oh, Literacy First. That's right. Before she got to One Star, which was, yeah, her career path is so exciting. Um, so while we were both, doing recruitment at our AmeriCorps programs, that's where um, we got to collaborate across AmeriCorps programs. And that was also just fantastic. You know, the behind the scenes work is so important and it was a really great learning experience for me. Yeah. Now you had mentioned that the work that you did 
um, brought you to what you're doing now. So I see in your little name there, it says the Nature Conservancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, once I was approaching my three years at Texas Conservation Corps, which is a program of American Youth Works, I want to give the greater nonprofit a shout out because um, they operate Louisiana Conservation Corps as well, which I got to help start, which is really exciting. That's so um, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Um, so I was, okay, so I was approaching my three years. I was kind of feeling like that was the right amount of time to be at my first permanent position. And I was keeping an eye on the Nature Conservancy's website. And a position for a conservation coordinator came open in South Carolina. And, you know, I wasn't desperate for a job. I just kind of was like, should I throw my name out there? I'm enjoying my position, but, you know, wanted to take a look around. And I got contacted pretty quickly and interviewed pretty quickly <laughs> for the position as a conservation coordinator. And I was a little surprised because while I knew about conservation easements and land trusts, I was pretty inexperienced with them. However, I later learned that it was really my communication skills, the fact that I wrote letters and interacted with the public a lot, mm. that that sealed the deal for me because a primary thing I do now is manage our conservation easements. And what that is for anyone that doesn't know, I, I didn't really know <laughs> before I started this job, is that private landowners can put development restrictions on their property voluntarily and um, they basically deed some of the property rights to the Nature Conservancy. And then I go visit the properties once a year to make sure that they're complying by the development restrictions, which our landowners usually are. Um, but I manage 160 conservation easements, over 180,000 acres. And working with those landowners to understand that what their easement says, knowing that I'm a phone call away, you know, that the relationship part is a huge part of it. Um, I just have so much fun. And so that's kind of the primary thing I do now is work with conservation easements and private landowners. Is that in the Charleston region or where, where is that? Where is that? It's not in all the, South Carolina, right? <laughs> I'm in the whole state. <laughs> oh, wow. I cover the whole state. Um, majority of our conservation easements are in the low country because we we really like to use these properties to buffer rivers for clean water, etc. So most of it's in the low country. And then we have a handful of easements in the upstate. And I say a handful, but we have one, which is our largest, which is 30,000 acres with Greenville water. Okay. Greenville water. Mm -hmm. Like a water gotcha. utility. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, a little known fact, I was, um, I actually was down in South Carolina for a year with their state service commission. So I know the terms of low country. <laughs> like I get it <laughs> in upstate. <laughs> so, um, uh, Okay, so do you ever have to wrangle alligators? <laughs> I say hi to them all the time, um, but luckily I don't have to interact with them too closely. Um, it, you know, something I'll add, just kind of explaining my AmeriCorps connection, because I'm not distanced from it, you know, even though yeah. I work for the Nature Conservancy, I've actually been able to bring AmeriCorps 
to the Nature Conservancy South Carolina. And I'm doing it a couple different ways. I'm still kind of piloting and testing out the connection. But I did two years where I had interns from Southeast Conservation Corps. And that was hugely successful. It was almost so successful that I had to like pause it and say, I need to process this data (laughs) because they were so, you know, they were just so great and they did so much more than I ever expected. Um, And then this year, just to help me with some of our public preserves, I've actually been working with Palmetto Conservation Corps and getting some of their members working on our public preserves. That's awesome. And that like that's something also within this AmeriCorps network is we may move out of it for a little bit. And then there's always that little spark of like, well, how could we bring AmeriCorps members in here to experience this? And whenever we're thinking about AmeriCorps experiences or if we AmeriCorps opportunities, we want to think about why why would this be a good opportunity for an AmeriCorps member as opposed to like hiring somebody part time? Um, and, you know, that's just such a big thing to think about, um, you know, you folks out there that, you know, have ties to national service and AmeriCorps and maybe want to build out a program. Um, what will the AmeriCorps member get out of that? And in your in in your opportunity, it's it's connections. It's uh, experience, you know, it's education, it's all of the above, um, because it's not, it's one of those things where it's not meant for somebody to stay and do it year after year after year after year. It's like, come in here, learn, do this experience, and then this is going to help you move to your next, what, I think, Maryland Corps, Mar- like, they like to say, your next best opportunity. Oh, fun. Yeah, oh, I love that. And so I've coined it. <laughs> I've taken it. I, I use it all the time. Sorry, <laughs> but I just love it. So that's like a full circle, just act, uh, you know, and it's not even a complete circle, right? It's really a figure eight. It's like infinity yeah. where you just go on and on forever. Um, now we are in AmeriCorps or um, Earth Month, April. Uh, we have Earth Day and Earth Week and we live on earth. (laughs) So um, what kind of, you know, from your perspective and your experience, what are some things like big or small or whatever that we could do to, I don't know, help, help either our local or regional, or what are your thoughts on what, what we could do more of to help um, just in our local areas? Yeah, I think, you know, learning your local organizations, Um, how I mentioned earlier, getting the lay of the land. Everyone knows our federal agencies, the national parks, national forests. You probably know your local state agencies, but the amount of smaller nonprofit land trusts really surprised me Mm. once I got into this world. And a lot of them are, might be Greenway focused or they might be focused on CERN River, but I would encourage you to look Mm. for them because they usually are small but mighty organizations that might not have the capacity to do a ton of outreach and find you. So if you can find who's working locally in your backyard and support them, it would it's very meaningful. I like how you pointed out that sometimes it's just focused on one river. Um, we have a lot of water waterways in Maryland. And um, when I was serving as outreach and volunteer coordinator for the county, you know, it was river keepers over here and river keepers down here and like <laughs> river keepers of the South river and river keepers of the Magathy. Um, and so, but it was, you know, they were all doing really impactful um, projects that were helping that one piece of, of water. And that's, that can be similar to wherever you are. 
um, across the country and in our territories. And um, that's super helpful. Now I have one. That was what we should do more of. What should we do less of? Is there anything we can do less of? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I think a big problem I'm hearing about right now with social media um, is folks trampling wildflowers for mm. their social media photo. I've just noticed a lot more publicity on that this past year. So when you're visiting natural areas, be mindful, um, leave only footprints, not trampled flowers. <laughs> yeah, that that's such a good point because I will have to say that I'm probably, I'm probably guilty of going off trails and there's a reason for trails. Um, in most parks, you know, all parks, um, and staying on the trails and um, is important because you just don't know. Um, I worked, no, I was an intern. I was an intern with the Smithsonian Environmental Research Center, and that was on the Road River in um, Edgewater, Maryland. And the whole property, the whole campus was a research center. So like literally, if I would take kids on the trail, because I did environmental education, I would have to tell them like, there's a really rare species of something over here. So uh, don't go off the trail. We're going to just take a look at it or, or whatever. Um, that is like a really, that's a really small thing, but I think really important thing. So that was a really good nugget. Nice job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so as we we're wrapping up, is there anything else that you want to make sure that we know about? And then I'll ask you like the, the closing questions of what do you see for this community of ours, a million strong? But is there anything else you want to throw out about your experience or what you're doing now or I don't know, anything? Yeah. So, um, you know, you really emphasize networking and I'm going, I'm going to emphasize that as well. Um, networking is so important, especially like having a presence on LinkedIn. And I've even started having a presence on TikTok, which is really random for me. Um, but I got into it a couple of years ago showing public land sites and it's it's kind of snowballed um, and I'm having fun with it. But my TikTok is hey I'm Samantha, but it's hey dot I'm Samantha. So I hope you know folks follow me on there or connect with me on um Instagram and that one's hey underscore I'm Samantha. You know, couldn't have the same username on both. Yeah. But I do keep in contact with a lot of the other AmeriCorps alumni that I crossed paths with the last few years. I review resumes, I review cover letters for people. Nice. And so that network, utilize them. You know, I encourage others to ask me of that, that, you know, now that I'm 10 years into my career. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so just remembering that resources are out there and we are wanting to help. Yeah, that is perfect. Um, and I, I'll drop all of that information, all of your links to the TikTok and Instagram in the show notes, because I don't know how to yet do the little thing that shows up on the screen. I'm sure there's some <laughs> add-on that I don't know about, but I'll figure it out. Um, and how fun that you're on TikTok. I saw a couple of um, you tromping <laughs> through the woods. That was, they were, they were great. Um, so, you know, there's a million and a half a million, I guess a million point two. I was um, in the presence of the current AmeriCorps um, seat, not CEO, um, director of AmeriCorps, uh, Sonali Najawa. I can't say her name correctly, so I'm just not going to. Um, anyway, she, I think she said we have 1.2 million AmeriCorps members who have gone through the program. Um, so 
as a collective, like, what do you see, like, I don't know, what could you envision for us as a, as a large voice here um, in our country um, that have all had a similar but different experience? What do you think? I think sharing our story is really important. You know, it, it might, even for some AmeriCorps alumni, it might feel like this thing you did a few years ago, but, you know, it probably impacted you more than you realize, or maybe you're realizing that later in life. Um, but just sharing that experience and story. So maybe other people will be curious about serving. I'm always encouraging people to do AmeriCorps. Um, I totally drank the Kool-Aid. I really felt like I was serving our country, you know, and just put it, encouraging people to do it. It's just worth it. It's worth taking six months or nine months of your year to have that wonderful experience. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I'm wearing the, the new um, logo sweatshirt. I had the other one on the other day. I was like, I think I have the <laughs> other the other logo somewhere sweatshirt and you do you get cozy gear and it's wonderful. if you're at a and if you're at a conservation site oftentimes you get really cool gear um like weather gear <laughs> yeah <laughs> well samantha thank you so much for spending the time on the americorps connections and sharing your story um and i will be sure to link all of your social media and connections into the show notes so people can reach out and um, so all of you out there, if you've made it this far, thank you so much. And there will be another um, wonderful interview with an AmeriCorps alum who has um, has environmental educator, environmental experience and may even be um, in the field right now. So enjoy and hopefully you find some inspired action. Take care. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you.